0: Our sponsor today is GLSA. For those non-members who may be listening in on our podcast today, GLSA, or Group Legal Services Association, is an affiliate of the American Bar Association, a professional membership uh, representing the legal services plan industry and provider attorneys. And joining GLSA is just a good way for solos and small firms to increase their business. Uh, Check us out at glsaonline.org. Okay, my name is Tom Martin. I'll be your host today. Our podcast is how legal services plans improve access to justice and help attorneys grow their business with Jean Clawson. Uh, I'm very excited to introduce her today. Uh, She is the past president of Group Legal Services Association, uh, and she continues to champion solo and small practice attorneys as vital solution to the access to justice problem in America. Uh, Jean also serves as the legal industry advocate at AROG. An international legal service provider. Uh, Jean, are you there?
1: Thank you. Yeah, thanks for that, Tom. I'm here. Glad to be here today.
0: Great. I'm really happy to have you here, and glad that you're not frozen. We were talking a little earlier about <laughs> <laughs> the temperatures in Des Moines, and it sounds like it's almost as cold as the surface of Mars.
1: Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. So we're living in, uh, with windshield, negative 43 today. So it's a whole nother level of, of, you know, bundling up and and process that we have to do to stay warm, but we'll make it through.
0: Well, I I wish you uh, the best in staying warm. Um, And I'm (laughs) (laughs) glad to have you on the show. So um, I'll tell you what, I left a little short because I like to hear in your own words, if you tell me a little bit about your role at AROG and within the legal industry, I'd love to hear it.
1: Yeah, sure, thanks for your interest. So my role, as you mentioned, as a legal industry advocate for AROG, really focuses on collaboration with industry influencers, and that means influencers such as state and local bar associations, um, any access to justice commissions, legal incubators um, and entities as such to really collaborate on educating consumers on how to identify legal needs assert their legal rights and really understand the value of working with attorneys and so that's one aspect external facing out in the legal industries um, that i hold and internally within rog Um, I also lead a team of what we call network development associates, and their primary focus is really connecting and engaging with solo and small practice attorneys regarding their business development and participating in our attorney network to really increase revenue for their firms, access to people that need that legal help. And in totality, this role really empowers me to serve as a liaison between the consumer market, who's needing legal help, as we all are aware of, and the solo small practice attorneys looking to expand their access to clients. So that's kind of a my focus at a high level.
0: Well, that's great. I, You know, I'd like initially for us to talk about uh, defining access, like access to justice yeah. and how it works in in the work that you do, uh, just because it does get bandied about a bit. And um, I'd like us to be all on the same page. So what does it mean for you?
1: For me, um, you know, access really means, as, you, as you're still aware, the majority of Americans still don't have access to affordable legal services. Um, and so, you know, the World Justice Project came out and measured accessibility and affordability, and and you know said 133 countries around the world in 2017. You know, U.S. placed 94th in that category, alongside wow. Cameroon, Uganda, Zambia. And so, you know, that's probably not even, you know, as people talk about that statistic, that's probably not even accounting for the full market of people that don't have access to legal needs. That's probably really skewed a little bit towards, um, you know, people in that lower income bracket. Um, And so when we talk about access, we really talk about rating, measuring ordinary people, right? Um, People that can resolve their grievances affordably in our justice system today. And uh, it really, that stat, you know, from the justice projects really shows as a country how far we need to go to be able to provide affordable legal help and how widespread that problem really is. And so as we're starting to see a lot of advancements in this, or at least a lot of attention to it, um, expanding people that have access to legal services, either through legal tech um, or you know, state bars or people trying to get to that underserved market through like legal services corporation, legal aid offices, the development, as I said, of those access to justice commissions. However, a lot of the focus still is not, you know, there's a lot of focus still, I would say, I guess differently, not just on the low-income people who can't afford to get their legal problems addressed, but really focusing on and shifting to access um, for those modest means individuals. It was estimated in one study that 60% of the legal needs of the middle-income individuals are not being met still today. And so it really demonstrates there's still yet a lot that needs to be done to close that gap. And um, our work is really cut out for us, right? So um, yeah. as we explore what access means, it's taking a look at um, who that population is, how large that population is, and how do we start whittling away at it since there are so many variables that are involved
0: with that. Well, those are some um, s- some sobering figures there. Um, and, and the other thing is that, you know, the way that you're describing it, it's, it's not this problem that a lot of us think about that's limited to people that don't have the money to to spend on attorneys it's also those that are middle income are having this difficulty as well um right that's
1: one of the largest you know gaps that they're identifying is you know the ordinary person you know there's lots of variables involved but you know they're they're just not accessing an attorney or understanding you know, what legal needs they might have and how to address those.
0: Right. Okay, so it sounds like there's certainly um, barriers to people being able to get the legal help that they need. Um, Absolutely. What are some of the... Yeah, so what are some of these barriers that continue to prevent or inhibit consumers from accessing legal counsel? Like, why aren't people turning to attorneys for help? Is it that they just, just can't afford them?
1: Yeah, I think that's, you know, a misconception that, you know, is easy to, conclusion is that's easy to get to, uh, draw towards, is that they can't afford them. However, we really find that, uh, the data is reflecting people still in general feel overwhelmed or intimidated um, at the thought of working with an attorney. So they kind of put off addressing their matters altogether. And we also have, you know, part of that data is from the American Bar Foundation study, that also reflected tw- only 24% of people with sub- civil justice problems are using an attorney. And so, there's many factors that are playing into that from the studies that we've done and the studies that we've seen that exist out there. That it's really a combination. That it's ranging from costs, it's a and, uh, mistrust in the industry itself. Or um, a perceived um, expense um, that may or may not be realized. And really, that people aren't really understanding how to identify they have a legal need in the first place. Um, So, you know, that's a lot of that is that front end education. So, if you don't know you have a legal need in the first place and it starts exacerbating over time and gets more stressful then by the time you get to that point where you do need to address it, um, then it's figuring out, how am I gonna pay for it? Who am I gonna go to? Who do I need? What amount of risk am I considering taking on? Should I go to an attorney? Or should I assume the risk of doing an online document um, that might be able to help me work through the situation? Um, I would say, you know, in studies, we've seen 76% of people Said they had no defined way to pay for legal services, and that they underestimated the average cost of an attorney by nearly $150 an hour. So it's, I do think cost plays into a part of it, um, but it's also understanding um, and trusting you know, in the system. So I need to understand I have a legal need, and I have to trust, you know, the people that are there to help me, which in this case are the attorneys. And so You know when consumers too out there from those studies are thinking of attorneys and why that mistrust is there. That Americans are still viewing attorneys as providing poor customer service, um, and that it's a a strategic imperative. Um, You know people are seeing it as time-consuming, prohibitively expensive, impersonal, inefficient, and intimidating. And that's really sad when there's a lot of attorneys out there working really hard um, to provide. The best service that they can, um, but I think there's just kind of this gap that exists yet in the consumer experience and expectations, and meeting how attorneys are delivering uh, to meet those expectations. Um, so it's really bringing those concerns together, um, you know, to try to overcome that and help you know lift up both sides of the the challenge or the struggle. that makes
0: sense yeah definitely i mean from my own experience i know that um having run my own practice and then early on with that practice uh fighting that you know fighting that bias that the consumers would have that while turning to me or turning to an attorney would be extremely expensive and the reality is that there's uh you know, lots of working-class lawyers, where you know the the charge, the fees that we're charging, are are not, uh, you know, luxurious. They're they're actually pretty right. affordable. Yeah, pretty affordable fees. Yeah. And people Absolutely. just, yeah, have that that bias, unfortunately.
1: They do, but I think part of what's perpetuating that bias too is understanding the value they're getting for that fee. Right, I, hmm. I can actually share two personal examples. Both my husband and my mother went to two separate attorneys for two different types of matters recently um, within the last few months, both well-regarded attorneys, um, leaders in their areas of practice, both experienced, not that the attorneys weren't courteous, but they went to seek assistance in, for their legal needs. The attorney Went into what I call the vacuum or the black hole and popped out two months later. And during this course of engagement or lack of engagement, there was no discussion of cost, fees, timelines, or what they were doing um, to help either (laughs) consumer understand what was happening in the meantime. And two months later, popped out with a fee and you know, one was, you know, well, no direction. And then the other side, the other experience was a delay in direction um months later based on, oh well, I needed one more piece of information. So I think that it wasn't their either attorney's intent to create a poor service expectation. However, I think it's a lot of our responsibility to Help understand how consumers are feeling and what they're experiencing, that when you're putting when they're considering cost, they also have to understand what's the experience I'm getting for that, what can I expect for that, and what is the value that I'm getting. And so for me, those are two really clear examples of you know, not understanding the value or the purpose of of why using attorneys in those two situations were gonna help them be more successful for the cost they were going to incur versus going it alone or going online to handle their legal matters. And so I think this is what we're still trying to overcome is help bridge that gap and helping attorneys understand um, where they can better meet consumer expectations and experience.
0: Well, the other part of it that you mentioned is is education. And I, I, I certainly understand that that's probably a much bigger problem than the affordability part, because if you don't even understand that you have a legal problem that needs help, then it doesn't even occur to you if you you know should spend money to fix the problem and it right seems,
1: right
0: Yeah, and it seems like a much larger problem for for solos and general practice attorneys because um, you know education, getting the word out there and helping people to understand they have a legal problem would be much, much more expensive to, um, to pursue than simply landing a client, I think. So, where does this leave the solo or general practice attorney?
1: Um, good question there. I mean, clearly that is one of the biggest hurdles, um, or at least an initial hurdle is the education piece, as you mentioned, um, You know, to move the needle on the access to justice issue and getting people the help they need. So, you know, many times attorneys might not have the resources on a solo and small scale to educate the general public about, you know, legal matters and their value. Um, but I think that uh, every opportunity and interaction that they have, you know, with individuals or with through associations, um, is another opportunity for them to help give consumers a better understanding of their legal rights and how to exercise those rights, um, and then access and affordably, or affordability then just become the next priority after education. Mm-hmm. So we, I think it's all of our responsibilities, you know, the silver and smalls, to help Americans realize attorneys can be a trusted resource um, people can turn to and not a last resource. Um, right. And so I think that's another thing that legal plans can do. Um, they provide a large uh, resource on a larger scale for solo and smalls to help attorneys find ways uh, to help people access their services in a more affordable and user-friendly way.
0: So so exactly, speaking of increasing access and affordability, I mean, you work for a legal insurance plan provider, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, ARAG. And, so is there i mean is there a, is a role is is there a role is there a back and forth that AROG can play in that education element that we were talking about?
1: Oh, absolutely I think that's you know i I feel very fortunate to work for the the company I do and AROG and and you know their approach um, holistically playing their part in the legal ecosystem of you know, not only helping the consumers, but also understanding it's helping the attorneys and and leveling everyone up uh, on the playing field. And so legal insurance, you know, from that regard, you know, one, for everybody's understanding, legal insurance works very similar to a health insurance PPO model, where people are offered a legal benefit through their employer, They they or the employer might pay a monthly premium Um, And then when they need legal help, they are able to connect with and reach out to a network of attorneys that are set up to assist them and most of the time the insurance company is paying for all of those attorney fees for those covered matters. So then clients aren't so much having to worry um, and be stressed about the varied costs of legal services and, and what that might be. So, It really, legal insurance and legal plans help remove many of the barriers between the attorneys and potential clients, one of those being the education. Um, Legal plans have a a wider reach to help people see the value of working with attorneys. And in one of our research statistics, um, we had found that more than 90% of people with legal insurance state they're more likely to consult with an attorney um, when they have legal situations arise as compared to when they didn't have a legal plan. So we know consumers, um, that's kind of a, a great stat, right? 90% of people. I think, um, I think another exciting stat, when you talk about legal insurance and legal plans and how that's playing a part in the access to justice, you know, challenge is now one in four employers are offering a legal plan to their employees as employers are looking to uh, make their employee benefits packages more robust and retain top talent. Um, so that's exciting. They recognize that it helps um, prevent people from uh, ruminating on stress and have a kind of a path to take uh, when they have legal matters come up or need help or even need help identifying if they have a legal matter or not. So
0: um,
1: So I think you know it's it's all very exciting, and I know another aspect that we see uh, from our perspective is we understand consumers are also looking for online legal help. And so part of that greater education we're able to deliver on behalf of solo and smalls is, you know, hundreds of online articles, videos, guidebooks to help people become better informed of when they have a legal matter, um, where in their lifetime milestones and events they might tend to incur uh, a legal need or issue or some way to protect themselves and uh, then at what point should they consider consulting with an attorney so we want to um, help them through that process of connecting with an attorney being more comfortable um, you know leveraging an attorney to help them and you know also create more accessibility you know to attorneys for people and, and kind of limit some of those barriers both financially um, you know, education wise and, uh, you know, really help that, you know, connection and engagement start at a much earlier point in time before, mm-hmm. uh, legal events might, you know, increase in severity.
0: And you kind of anticipated one of my follow-up questions there was, which, which is about education. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to ask you about one specific example, like, that that ARAG has undertaken to educate consumers. That's that's done well. How have they done that? That's
1: done. Uh, how have we done that? Um, let me think on that one. I think,
0: I think uh, I, you you hinted at one that I I think I remember seeing before, which it it provided kind of um a life um, oh, like yeah. a life cycle that it would show like the life cycle of legal needs for consumers.
1: Yes, very good. I know we do have multiple educational resources that we, we put out to the public. So it's, it's exciting when those get recognized uh, and that yes. they truly are, are helping people. Um, I think we had put out an infographic a while back um, that really walked somebody through their lifespan and kind of showed on a chart based on Kind of the certain milestones in life and ages age ranges of legal type matters you might experience as an average person um, that you could then seek legal help for to either protect yourself or as a reactionary matter i mean statistically um you know things like getting a will done you know purchasing a house being able to have an attorney there with closing um, or help with negotiations um, getting married Uh, having children, that there's all these points and times in our life where the average citizen might not know when they could leverage the services of an attorney. So we wanted to be able to put something out that made it more tangible and relatable to the average person um, to understand, here's where you can insert um, an attorney's services to help set you up um, for a better experience in life and support you.
0: Yeah, I really thought that was brilliant because, we, like, like you said, I mean, most people, you're walking around, you're living your life, you're going to work, and, it, of course, we all don't have enough time in the day, and we don't, you know, the last thing we're thinking of is, okay, what, so what legal issue is it that I need right, right. now? Like, what, you know, why do right. I need, like, I don't want to talk to a lawyer, Um, you know, it's like, right. going to the, to the dentist or doctor, and to frame it in terms of life events, that there are certain life events that we have which trigger a lot of legal things to think about. So I thought th- that yeah. was pretty, pretty clever.
1: Well, I love you brought that one up too, because uh, I'm. what I love is, I don't know if everyone's familiar with downtown Des Moines where, where we're actually physically located, downtown Des Moines, Iowa, we're actually connected in a skywalk system wonderful on days like this where it's 43 below right
0: so we (laughs) can get
1: everywhere in a a skywalk you know you don't have to go outside you can connect buildings and on the wrap of the outside of our building at the skywalk level we have actually put that graphic on our outside wall for anyone walking by (laughs) to see and it's just this wonderful thing and it really is people do you see people stopping and going oh oh you see little like aha moments happening and you're like yes you know so even in passing, we're able to share that message and help people understand.
0: Oh, how cool. And yeah. another thing that I think is interesting about that is so it does help, you know, to get people put the two and two together about how legal insurance plans can help them. But also it's it's you have a much wider reach than the lawyers that work with you, so that it does help them too. Like whereas, you know, a solo would have a very limited budget in terms of educating the public at large, unless they have, you know, random speech here and there to talk to people. Um, but if they're a network attorney for ARAG, or if they're, you know, working with a legal plan, they can have that, uh, their reach multiplied by the, the plan they work with.
1: Absolutely. You know, I think, you know, as far as, you know, the benefits to the solo and small practice attorneys, That you mentioned you know for example they can join the ROG network at no cost so you can start growing your practice start getting connected with clients there's no fees to participate um, or to continue to receive and connect with these clients because our true core mission is to help the people that have the legal plan connect with quality Attorneys in the right areas of practice this person needs to help them through their legal issue. So, because we're also addressing more of that modest means population, these are individuals that are working yet might not have either known to or go to or had the discretionary funds to seek out an attorney. We're now creating um, a whole population of individuals who otherwise might not have seen an attorney and get them connected with an attorney. So for the solo and small practice attorneys that are taking advantage of participating in legal plan networks, it is a way to connect with people they might not have ever seen. And so, or ever would have utilized an attorney services had they not had a legal benefit from their employer. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's really exciting um, that it can be kind of have that multiplier effect for attorneys that, you know, we find that within our employer groups, if an attorney provides really great service, especially those clients with like some of our high-tech clients that might have really great communication channels inside their environment, that employees will, will not hesitate to share their experience, and that attorney will then residually start receiving, you know, connections from other employees within that company, family members of those employees who might not yet have a legal plan, and so really, again, getting back to that, you know, in, as in any industry, great service, you know, can compound success, right? It can lead to future business, whether it's future business with the other individuals that have the legal plan already or family members that might not have it yet. Um, so it's that's a huge advantage that a full and smalls aren't having to expend those resources, either marketing or time or people resources to start connecting with clients um, and kind of growing revenue on the back end that way. And then we also provide um, attorneys, you know, an online system for case management and to receive payment so that they can seamlessly continue to manage all of their clients um, without, you know, having to go through some uh, cumbersome processes you know, to receive payments and do invoicing that we try to make sure that we're providing a way that, um, you know, it's easy to manage that business within their holistic business. And then also it's just a great way for solo and smalls to supplement their core business. They already have and take on, you know, additional cases um, and kind of manage it uh, in, in kind of the, the volume that they would, like to so it's it's just a really nice way for attorneys to start connecting with people and edu- and it also provides them another avenue to educate um, on their individual basis too of what they can provide type of services you know that they can share with people and you know it leads to compounded success what is our experience has been for the attorneys in our network.
0: Well, I would be remiss if I didn't do a small plug for GLSA (laughs) and say that if you're a solo small uh, firm attorney out there, um, or actually even mid-sized firms, uh, check us out at glsaonline.org because you can get access to a number of legal plans and uh, learn much more about that. So sorry about that, Gene. That's right.
1: (laughs) I love it, Tom. Plus, I think that, you know, you know, the more legal plans you're participating in, um, the more that you are aligning with the business model and concept and have different revenue streams and client streams coming into your firm. So I think it's it's fantastic. There's more than 13, I think, providers on the universal application um, of legal plans that are on the GLSA site. So definitely something to take advantage of. So yeah, great mention, Tom. Thank
0: you. You're welcome. Uh, one other question is that you had mentioned earlier that about 25% of employers are um, offering legal plans to their employees, which, by the way, I think that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, But my question is, why don't you think the other 75% do? Or why haven't they yet, um, you know, started offering legal plans to their employees?
1: Well, I think think part of it is you know continuing to you know grow the the understanding um of legal plans out there and the model and the concept um it's becoming more and more wide known and understood um, but i think too i think it's just something that we're continuing to put out education uh work with you know more people in the benefits industry and, you know, help to, I think one of my roles, especially in external facing for our company is just really understanding, you know, what the concept is um, of legal plans, legal insurance, and how that benefits employees. Um, And so I think that that other percentage, uh, the good news is we've seen it continue to grow at a rapid pace over time. Um, I don't think that's going to stop anytime soon, um, because I believe, you know, from our experience, employers, are, employers and employees um, are seeing the advantage of having a legal plan as far, as part of the services that they're getting from their employer. So, good question.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it's, I, that answer um, definitely resonates with me, because I know that before I got um, involved with GLSA and... ARAG and, and the notion of legal plans. It wasn't something that I had known about. Um, and I think that it's one of those things that once you know about it, you think, well, why doesn't everybody do this? And, um, you know, hopefully over time, as it has been, right, 25% has it's, it's been increasing that. Yeah. And, and by the way, yeah, and by the way, this is something that's extremely popular. In uh, other regions like Europe for example has a very high um, doesn't it have like a high rate of people using legal plans
1: it it does they have a little bit different business model based on their um, regulations um, but yes there is a much higher rate um, usage um, and people that have legal insurance in Europe so it was uh, much more prevalent and, and widely known there and for us it's really exciting our parent company is based in Dusseldorf, Germany, we're family owned. And it is kind of fun when we're wearing our ARAG, you know, you know, branded gear out in the public, you know, you'll run into somebody every now and then from Europe, and they're like, Oh, ARAG. And you're like, what, you know, that's fantastic. They're like, Oh, I remember growing up, and my grandpa had a bumper sticker, you know, it's like everybody's insurance, you know, it's just like we all have car insurance and health insurance. They all had legal insurance, you know, and so it's just, it's exciting to see that growing in the U.S. now, but I think we still have a lot of inroads, inroads to go, you know. I think there's so much more, um, you know, distance that we can take that, and our com- company um, and GLSA both are champions in continuing to spread that word and increase, you know, perpetuate that message, so uh, mm-hmm. it's always fun You know when you're on a plane or you know you're you're talking to people at a social event and you start talking to people are like what do you do and i start talking about what i do and what our company does and they go oh my gosh i want my employer to offer that or oh i think my employer does and i'm like now you know what it is take advantage of it so (laughs) it's really exciting to have those moments of conversation and and to see people light up and go oh my gosh i want that how do i get that so it's kind of fun
0: So, legal insurance is obviously a good idea for consumers, but what advantage? I think we talked about one or two, but what are what are some more advantages that it holds for attorneys? I
1: think you know more advantage that it holds for attorneys is they can join, you know, at least they are a network for no fee. They can grow their practice. They can connect with clients who need help with legal issues at very points in time in their life. Um, again, they're connected with clients that might not otherwise found them on their own. Um, so the referrals of that can cause a multiplying effect.
0: Hmm. And
1: then there's just the ease of, of working with legal plans. And, you know, I think that is another way uh, that it really benefits the models.
0: And one one last thing that I thought of is, you know, when people are looking for legal help through legal plans, it's not its not only the, the big L, like the big legal services that they need. Like when you think about it, the obvious ones that come to mind are like if you have to get divorced, somebody helping you fill out the divorce papers and get that filed. Or another big one is, right. um, I don't know if... Uh, i guess filing for child custody or something like that. And so those those right. are traditional help you know those are traditional types of services that one might need. But there's also like legal help with a small l, right? Like where you could just call in for advice if you needed it. Yes.
1: Yeah, you I mean, I think that's a perfect um thing to mention that Again, going back to education, many people don't know what type of legal matter they have. They may not know to label it consumer type matter or small claims or what qualifies. And so it's really just calling in and being able to connect with an attorney um, over the phone online and just say, here's what I'm experiencing. I got this letter um, or or this happened. What do we do? Um, that attorneys are really there to help triage and help people navigate you know give them some direction here's the first steps you could be taking and so uh, we find a lot of you know legal issues can be resolved in just helping to provide good sound direction or what resources they should be accessing you know it might be a tax matter um you know it, really helping people in those everyday you know landlord tenant type issues um you know, traffic tickets, things that are just a part of our everyday life that sometimes we encounter, um, a letter from the IRS, you know, just those unexpected things that it's, it's nice to know you have the security of an attorney that you can reach out to and can help walk you through that and give you some uh, peace of mind, um, even if they can't solve it right in the minute. Sometimes it's just good to help alleviate that stress of the moment. Um, and know you have a direction and somebody you can turn to, um, you know, to help you move forward. I think a lot of us, when we're overwhelmed by those situations, we kind of uh, get stuck or we see people kind of freeze, right? They, they freeze up because they don't know what direction to go. And so it also is a great way for people to access attorneys and just help them triage their situation um, and talk it through and give some direction.
0: I love that. Uh, Having a trusted person to turn to, that's definitely uh, somebody that I hope I have on speed dial (laughs) when I need it. Right. Yeah.
1: Hey, I know I've taken advantage of it many times. You know, there are certain little nuances that happen in life and you're just like, you know, I'm just not sure. It's so nice that I have this legal plan. I mean, I obviously I work for one, so that makes it even easier. But I can just pick up the phone and call an attorney and be like, hey, I just want to run this past you. What do you think? And it's just it's really nice to have that kind of little lifeline going on, you know, for support and protection in the background that, you know, you know, you can count on.
0: Well, thank you, Jean. I I love getting to know you better and talking about this, learning more about, you know, how legal service plans can improve access to justice and also help attorneys grow their business. Um, Do you have any closing thoughts for us today?
1: I think in closing, you know, reflecting back uh, on kind of the where we're at in America as a whole on, you know, our rankings and how we're providing access to legal needs and, you know, how far we have yet to go and just, you know, helping people understand and become aware that legal insurance, legal plans are an option for them and that helping attorneys realize the benefits, too, of participating in those plan networks. And as we, you know, build that message um, and that circle grows, perhaps in the not-too-distant future, America will see its ratings for access and affordable access um, to rise and hopefully move a few pegs up that, that rating list. So it would be great to see that happen. I think that takes a village uh, all of us collectively working together. And I think legal plans are definitely playing their part um, to do that and excited to have attorneys involved in that process. So that's what I would leave with that. Um, I think legal plans are our great future to helping us provide greater access to the people that need it.
0: Well, I'm all for that. I'm all for especially uh, the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> moving up that. Uh, list in terms of rankings that's uh, a definite uh goal so thank I know, you again me too <laughs>
1: you're welcome thank you um
0: how can great. people keep in touch with you today
1: um they are more than welcome to reach me um uh, via twitter i'm a heavy user of social media so at clauseson j e so at c l a u s o n j E, or feel free to email me directly um, that's Jean J-E-A-N dot Clausen C-L-A-U-S-O-N at Legal, which is A-R-A-G-L-E-G-A-L dot com so Jean dot at Legal dot com but definitely I would love to connect with you on Twitter too I think I love sharing content back and forth with each other and all of us continuing to uh, perpetuate the message and keep connected as to the different things that are going on in the legal industry as far as how each of us are playing our part in the access movement. So I welcome people to connect and continue the conversation.
0: Cool. And didn't you just write an article about access to justice that got I published? I
1: did. It, thanks. Thank you for mentioning, yes, in the GP Solo magazine. It was published there, and we have it out on social media. And so definitely some of the stats that we've talked today are included in there. And so that was, that, that was a nice follow-up, too, that we can um, give, provide a link um, to this posting, too, uh, of this podcast.
0: Yeah, definitely. When we get it out there, I'll put a link so that these great listeners that we have can check that out, too
1: all right i appreciate it thanks
0: all right well thank you gene for being my guest today and thank you all for listening into our podcast how legal services plans improve access to justice and help attorneys grow their business with gene clausen again this is tom martin i want to again thank glsa for sponsoring and remember joining glsa is just a good way for solos and small firms to increase their business and you can check us out at glsaonline.org. Thanks,
1: Jean. Fantastic. Thanks, Tom. Great speaking with you today. Thanks, everyone.